Hey guys, it's 2 a.m. and we've got some thoughts. Let's dive in. So, you got host, Christina. And Adriana. And well, 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 it's now best friend of the pod, Julia. And producer Ray, who doesn't do anything. For this week's episode, we pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who recently passed away. In Fuego or No Go, we talk about astrology. Julia is also going to ramble about the time she spent at the Manson murder house. And then we're going to wrap it up with a story time with Weona and talk about all of our bad roommate experiences. We're going to kick off the podcast with current events, and this podcast episode is going to start on a bit of a sadder note. We just heard a few days ago that actor Chadwick Boseman passed away at age 43 from colon cancer. This was a huge surprise and shock to society because no one knew that he actually had cancer, but he's been battling it for years, and unfortunately it went from stage 3 to stage 4. Um, This actor is most known for his roles in Get On Up, where he played Thurgood Marshall in the movie Marshall as well. And then in 42, the Jackie Robinson baseball movie, and then the most significant impact that he had on society was starring as Black Panther in the Marvel film that came out a few years ago. So he was the first Black superhero and just really made such a huge cultural impact for all the people who looked up to him on screen. It was the first time that we've ever had a entire black cast and in such a huge movie as well, a Marvel movie. And for the black community to have a black superhero, it was just such an incredible moment to be able to see someone that looked like them on screen and it definitely didn't go unnoticed by the entire world. It was so impactful. I've been seeing a lot of things on social media about people reacting to his death, and definitely the black community is especially very upset by this, which makes a lot of sense. And I've seen a lot of young black kids that are really devastated over this loss because they just looked up to him. I mean, people had Black Panther costumes, and they were so excited to finally have a superhero that represented them. So. It's just a huge loss all around, and, and even for those who are not part of the Black community, it's still such a loss because I think everybody that has seen Black Panther, whether or not you're somebody who usually likes superhero movies, really thought that the movie was super well done and really represented Black culture so well in the form of a superhero movie, and Chadwick was just the perfect person to play that role. So I think it's definitely devastating for um, for everybody. And people didn't know he was struggling with this for years, but it's just kind of crazy that he filmed all of these, you know, huge movies and no one had any idea just the internal struggle that he was going through at the time. And just for someone to feel like it was their duty, as he's mentioned before in interviews, to really represent that for the black community is such a very, very amazing selfless thing to do, especially when you're going through so much. And to be able to do that for a marginalized group of people is just very impactful. He has a lot to be proud of, and he really made his mark on this world. So talk about, you know, really like, like, you know, everybody always says, like, I want to live my life to the fullest. And 
like I want to have an impact on this world and I want to leave it behind a better place than I entered it and he definitely did that yeah I would argue that he was a actual superhero yeah just what he represented for people and he I've seen all these posts throughout the last couple of days and everyone's saying RIP but instead of rest in peace everyone's saying rest in power Mm -hmm. and I just think that significance in just the last change of the word just really testifies to how amazing of a person he was and he will definitely be greatly missed Now we're going to move on to Fuego or No Go. Today we'll be talking about astrology. We know this is very controversial for a lot of people since there's a lot of non-believers, but majority of us here on this podcast are believers, so we're going to teach you some things. To start it off, I think the best thing to do is just to talk about the three different signs that primarily make up who you are. So there's the sun sign, which everybody knows about. That's the sign that you're born with. It's pretty much just people that are born within that month. It's meant to be who you truly are at the center of yourself, but a lot of people don't always identify with that because there are other signs that incorporate who you are. So the next sign I want to talk about is your moon sign which has to do with your emotions. So this is a sign that a lot of people tend to gravitate more towards because it's very personal to you. It's always top of mind. You're always thinking about how you feel. So people feel like they tend to identify with that more. And that is determined by the exact time that you were born and the place that you were born. And then lastly, there's your rising sign. This is sometimes considered to be the mask that you wear in front of people in social settings. So this isn't really who you are, but it's typically who people think you are on a first impression basis. And like just kind of how you like interact in the world day to day, just like how you come across to people. Right, exactly. So those are the three signs that are the most important to making up kind of what your personality is going to be like. They're kind of also referred to as like your big three. Right. And a lot of people don't know that those even exist. It kind of ruins your life once you know a little bit too much about it because it's very addicting and you start to like psychoanalyze yourself and other people around you based on their signs. So definitely can get a bit unhealthy. So I do understand why there's people who are very anti-astrology. So I actually used to be a non-believer because it seemed kind of dumb. And then also on top of that, the girls that would cite astrology were really annoying about it. So I never really looked into it at all because it just seemed kind of weird. And then you have the astrology websites that give you a day-by-day review of like how it's going. And I feel like those were a lot more generic and bogus. So I didn't really believe it until I started living with Chrissy and she tried to get me into astrology. And I was very hesitant but she ended up saying that your sun sign, so my sun sign is cancer, and I've never really resonated with the qualities of a cancer, so that's also partly why I just never really believed in it, but Christy essentially read me my combo of my sun sign and my moon sign. I have never felt more attacked. What we're trying to say is the combo of your sun and moon and rising is very much probably who you are, so if you haven't taken the time to look it up, you should definitely just Google it and see if you actually think it's accurate. So a big reason people don't believe in astrology is because people hear of the horoscopes that you get on a daily basis, and those tend to be pretty generic. Some people that are non-believers feel this way because when you read a horoscope like that, that's pretty general and could apply to a lot of people. I feel like people that do believe in it sometimes will be like, 
oh, that's why this happened today because of this. And there's people that are like, well, you could just be putting that in your mind because you read that and then it happened. Like kind of yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Yeah. Or even like you're just like manifesting it to happen right. yourself. Which I do think is not even just a horoscope thing. It could be just in general things about astrology though. It's like you could make it a self-fulfilling prophecy because you read like, oh, you're going to let someone new into your life today or like sometime soon and then you're just going to be open to so many opportunities mm-hmm. that it just happens anyways. Yeah, like changes your mindset. For me, I actually like to check it at night yeah. because I want to know if it was accurate with what happened throughout my day. Yeah. And I tend to do this a lot when I have like bad days <laughs> and then I'll check it and I'm like, Yep, that does make sense. So in that regard, I think that's kind of scary because those things I think are a little bit less coincidental because I wasn't influenced by what it said on the app. And it said that throughout the whole day. I just didn't look at it till my day was finished. And I'm like, oh, damn, like that did happen. That's really weird. Yeah, and I didn't put it out there too. Right. But I'm just like the stars and the like sky, moon, all that stuff has so much impact. So much is like organized and set up around planets and stuff that I'm like, how can you say it doesn't have an effect on like us as people and how we interact in the world? And speaking of no-goers, we have producer Ray, who is such a no-goer and wants to articulate his opinion. So I'm a non-believer because I prefer to read non-fiction stories and... (laughs) Horoscopes and astrology characteristics are fiction, which is why I don't read it. (laughs) And you guys made some really good points earlier about why people are non-believers, and that's what I do. I don't want to have this app tell me that how my day is going to (laughs) go. I believe that I choose my own path, and what the app says, I don't feel like it applies to me. I'm a non-believer. This reminds me that there actually are certain zodiac signs that are more prone to not believing in astrology because they're so aggressive and they don't want anybody to dictate their life. And they tend to sass you at any given opportunity, don't they, Ray? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm shocked he was even listening to that. He looked so tuned out. So that's all we have to talk about today in regards to astrology. Hope you guys learned something. And I think to close it out, we can say majority of us feel that astrology is fuego. Yeah, and give astrology a chance, people. And now moving on to Julia Rambles, where she's going to talk about this time where she spent her entire night at the Manson murder house on the anniversary of the murders. Yes, I did. I believe I teased this briefly, um, talking about my ghost hunting experience a couple episodes ago. In 2017, where Charles Manson died, the amount of people that texted me and were like, oh my God, did you hear the news? And I was like, I just need to like set the tone right now. I'm not a Manson follower. (laughs) You you know, I don't love Charles Manson. That's not the thing. And that seems to be how a lot of people take this. I just am fascinated by Charles Manson. So naturally, in 2015, when I heard about the opportunity to sign up for an all-night ghost hunt, of course, I jumped at the opportunity. But the reason that house is haunted is the way every floor in that house, like and no matter where you are, the magnetic fields are totally like off and different. Although the murders happened like 100 yards at the end of the road, the spirits tend to manifest in this house. This is, of course, according to the man who lives there, David Omen. The way they had this set up is they had like 
cameras and motion detectors all set up through the house. They had like a legitimate paranormal team watching everything that was happening in the house. And they kind of like took you in. We're like, here's some things we've captured in this house before. Like figurines falling down on top of the aquarium that he had, which we actually witnessed. That was kind of cool. So in the basement, there's this extra creepy room that's built right up against the hillside. My cousin, he came with me to this ghost hunt because he's into it too. We went into this room and it was just the two of us. And he was like, okay, like we're going to sit in here, like lights off. Like let's like have our like recorders going. But I was in there and he just suddenly was like, oh, I'm going to step out real quick. I'm going to leave. And I'm just like, oh, why? Like I, he said he'd be right back. And I was like, this is fine. Like this is totally fine. Like it's just a room. Maybe lasted about 10 seconds, <laughs> I want to say. And I felt like an electric shock go through me, which is really weird. Like I was holding onto the recorder and I kept thinking, I'm like, maybe it came from that, but I'm like, it's battery operated. That wasn't going to like shock me. Like any rational person would do. I ran screaming. The homeowner starts jumping up and down. He's just like, yes, yes. And I'm like, what, sir? And he's just like, this is the exact moment that the murders happen. I was just like, no. And I looked at my phone and it was like 12, like whatever time it was at midnight. He's like, that was like the minute. But the first like the screams were reported. And I was just like, oh, and he's like, so you felt it on the anniversary. Uh, he also had like a psychic come to the house during that night, which was cool. She hosted a seance. So the psychic's whole situation was she was like just like we're gonna go around if there's anybody from the other side that you would like to bring through and hear a message from like i can try to contact them while we're sitting here and one of the girls in the group she was like well i had a friend pass away a couple years ago so um psychic worked on calling her forth she was like I, all i'm really getting is she ran out of air like and was describing and like turns out the girl drowned she says that there is a necklace that she left and in that Whoever ended up with it, she doesn't want them to have it. She just thinks it shouldn't have been with this person. And the girl's face just like goes white and she's just like, I let our other friend take a necklace. And then like, she was like, oh, well, you should probably get that back. Like that house is super weird. Like Manson activity, like from the murders, all of that energy, magnetic fields, vortexes, everything. It's crazy. Also, we were up there on the anniversary, so it was a little weird seeing the people come up the hill with their hoods up <laughs> who were actual Manson followers who came and just, they held hands. The guy said that he was never going to do it again dramatically as he like drove us back down the hill, but he still messages me on Facebook to be like, oh, by the way, I'm doing another tour if you want to come by. It's... It, copy paste but point is i am on that list that gets these like weird messages and i'm like great so every now and then i get one so if you guys want to go <laughs> i have an in <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh let thank you guys it was so kind for you letting me live out my dream of talking about charles Manson. <laughs> we're gonna finish off with story time with weona and 
Today we're going to be talking about bad roommates. So we'll be telling a few different stories of people that we've lived with. We're going to start with passive aggressive roommates. So I had a friend over. Well, my friend. Oh, why am I saying it like that? I had, Adriana was over. <laughs> I was like, why, why did you say it like that? I was like, it's me. I had a guest. I had this friend. <laughs> I had this friend. You may know her. Yeah. So we were, we were planning on hanging out just at my place, but roommate comes back. She's back early. She has a friend with her and it was just kind of like oh you're home and she was just like yeah i am and i'm like i'm i'm sorry that i inconvenienced you with living here and like, my then friend picks up on the tension and they're just like yeah so i think i'm gonna go and she's like well you shouldn't have to be the one to leave <laughs> loud enough it's not enough for all of us to hear as we're putting away groceries in the kitchen so my passive aggressive roommate story is when one time Adriana was over my old apartment before she lived with me and my roommate at the time walked in with a few of her friends that she was hosting that night and immediately rolls her eyes at us. <laughs> we didn't know why, but she was clearly mad. We found out later, but she rolls her eyes at us and then proceeds to her room. And typically when she has friends over, she would still hang out in the common area with us so we can all just get to know each other, chill. And this time she decides to take her friends to her room mm -hmm. and slams the door on us, leaving us in the kitchen confused and a little afraid. <laughs> so that was very passive aggressive and me being the confrontational person I am, texted her and was like, hey, are you mad or anything? Because you just slammed the door. So she comes out to talk to us and proceeds to say how she wasn't slamming the door on us and that she should have the right to act however she wants in her own home. And we all had plans to go to this mermaid museum. Which we got tickets for. We had tickets for and she's like, yeah, I actually don't want to go. Right. We're like, okay, so we're supposed to believe that these two events are unrelated. <laughs> But okay, she's trying to play it off like it was just a decision she made. Well, that reminds me, I'm nothing. not going. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, I didn't slam the door on you guys, but also, by the way, I'm not going to hang out with you guys tomorrow for a ticketed event. Yeah, but I'm not mad, so <laughs> I'm not mad. So you're overreacting, but you're I'm overreacting. not hanging out with you. <laughs> so moving on to the next type of roommate, we're going to talk about inconsiderate roommates. So other than just being dirty, there are just people who are inconsiderate in general, honestly. And there was this one time where Julia was actually staying over with with me at an apartment that I lived at at the time and we had another person staying with us as well and I just remember <laughs> he didn't have a key to our apartment so we always had to orchestrate some sort of key drop or I would have to be <laughs> at the house essentially for him to come back and it was a science <laughs> it was it was definitely a science a lot of strategy was involved and there was one time where I asked you know what time are you gonna be home so I can make sure that I'm up in time etc <laughs> And he responded to me hours later and said, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be back at 2 a.m. Is that cool? <laughs> and I was like, um, no, I'm not gonna be awake. So that's not cool with me. Yeah, and speaking of inconsiderate roommates, <laughs> I currently live with two females right now. And have you ever just done your laundry and you know, you find clean clothes? Well, not for me. <laughs> Because every time I do my laundry, it comes with a side, a strand of hair that Ew. I didn't ask for. My least favorite type of roommate, and just people in general, honestly, are Debbie Downer roommates. So I live with this girl, and she never left our apartment ever. She would always be home whenever I came back from class. 
And the alarming part was she never left the couch. And whenever I walked into the apartment, it was always really dark. Like all the lights were out. She was always watching some marathon of some old nostalgic show, laughing to herself, but not speaking anytime I walked in. Just was such an upsetting situation to be in that I just never went home. We're gonna finish this off by talking about our favorite kind of roommates, which are psychotic mm -hmm. roommates. Ugh. We've all got them. But I did have a roommate, <laughs> my first ever roommate, actually, when I like moved out on my own. So freshman year of college, my, you know, randomly assigned roommate that went horribly wrong. Her high school boyfriend lived on the same floor of the dorm. He would basically live in our room as a third roommate, which was, you know, super not okay. So that was like the bulk of our issue. You can't be in here all the time. It's a small room. Like it's not okay. She was super mad about it. So so the RAs tell me like weeks later, they're like, oh, by the way, yeah, she was trying to put itching powder in your shampoo. They're like, we didn't want to raise alarm. I'm like, you didn't want to raise alarm? So yeah, for the semester, I had my shampoo, toothbrush, <laughs> anything that could have been laced. I had to keep locked in my closet. <laughs> That's not ideal for your uh, first time living away from home. Yeah, and I had a different psycho roommate, so she didn't physically do anything to me, like put itching powder in my shampoo because that is a whole other level. <laughs> But she was very manipulative and would always be plotting. And she wanted to obviously succeed academically. So she would use all of the scholars in the dorm to get ahead in life. And she would come up with these very <laughs> manipulative plans from step A to like step Z about how to <laughs> manipulate these people into being her friend and then using them to study with get homework answers from. So it would be something as simple as like, okay, tomorrow I'm gonna go to this girl's room and I'm gonna bring her snacks and I know she likes these snacks. So I'm gonna give her those snacks and then we're gonna talk about this because I know she likes this. And then I'm gonna form a bond with her by doing this. And mind you, she's giving me her step-by-step -step plan on how to manipulate people, which is really scary sleeping next to someone like that because I wonder what she was doing with me. Yeah. And when things didn't go her way, she would always threaten to ruin people. She would threaten to call her dad and make sure they never work again, that whatever that means. Extreme Malfoy vibes. Such Malfoy vibes. <laughs> You'll be hearing from my yeah. father. That's literally what she was. It was crazy. My psychotic roommate is when I lived with a girl who really wanted to be my friend. And to be fair, we were friends in the beginning when I thought she was cool. So anyways, National Best Friends Day rolls around <laughs> and I made the mistake of posting on it, which I will never ever do again. I think you should. <laughs> Cut Julia out. Hey, <laughs> best friends of the pod. No, wow. I'm sorry, don't upgrade your title. So I posted for National Best Friend Day and my last image on my slideshow was was of me, Ray, and Adriana. And she felt really left out about this, but what she decided to do about it was respond to my story and say, maybe next year I'll make the cut sad face, he he he. <laughs> so then I tried to diffuse and I was like, oh no, stop. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, it's okay, fun fact, I started looking at apartments in case Adriana wanted to take over my room. Fun fact. Yeah, fun I'm like, oh, who's it fun for? Yeah. To which I respond, lol, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she just goes, just in case. And she just kept trying to victimize herself and be like, no, it's just because if you'd rather live with somebody else, like I just want to do you that favor and I'm like all right well don't speak for me first of all 
And Mm -hmm. second of all, I'm not talking about this with you through Instagram DMs. So we're going to have this conversation in person. But yeah, that girl was straight up crazy. So it's kind of funny that she did the self-fulfilling prophecy because I ended up living with Adriana after the fact anyway, but it it's not something that was talked about at the time. So no. so anyways, we all now have great roommates. I live with Chrissy and Ray and Julia. I got the best roommate in the world, myself <laughs> and my cat. <laughs> <laughs> and arguably, she's also our fourth roommate. So yeah, yeah get yourself some good roommates. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, and if you stick around with us next week, I will intro the podcast with a rap that drags everybody in the group, so (laughs) definitely come back for that one. Bye! Bye!